All right, this is episode two of First and Moose. I'm Connor Taylor. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Schoenster. How was your weekend, Mark? Pretty good. Uh, spent some time watching some soccer, watching some basketball, you know, just went hiking on Saturday, though. Had a good time. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, we did have, we've had some football news, not not a ton. I know this past week there was false positives, and then also there people weren't practicing. And then, uh, then there ended up being some trades, injuries, and a player being let go. But I guess we could we could start with Derwin James being hurt and how that how do you think that affects the Chargers, Mark? Well, you know, first off, uh, Derwin James, I think it was a meniscus injury from what I remember hearing, and they said that really how long he'll be out solely depends on if they're going to need to do surgery which I mean, I guess, duh. But even outside of that, if he doesn't, it's like a four-week recovery, which isn't bad. You admit you have him, yeah. you don't have him for like three games, and then he's back and he's crucial to the team. But if he needs surgery, then that's several months he's out. Now that that would be a serious problem for the Chargers because Derwin James is such a critical part of that defense. I mean, you know, safeties, they're, they're, they're evolving in the NFL and their involvement. I guess they've really taken a step up since the 2010s for being more than just what they are named, like a safety blanket of sorts. Mm -hmm. They're so much more involved. They play as sort of a second layer of linebacker. They also have to play as a cornerback. They become such a versatile position. And when you have a good one, your defense revolves around it. And suddenly losing a guy like Darren James would be not good for that Chargers D, which although has got lots of other talent on it, we know that the offensive side of the ball is is going to struggle this season mm -hmm. so they're going to need every piece they can on defense yeah I I was kind of like I felt I felt bad for the Chargers because I do believe that their defense is what's going to matter going to the season but as as we talk about another defense that looks completely different I sent you a, a tweet earlier today oh my gosh and it's the the Jacksonville Jaguars look completely different from their AFC championship run I believe in 2017 and it's just mind-boggling how how much a difference that that team looks and they ended up uh trading Yannick Nguak I don't know how to pronounce his name but he's at the Vikings yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah <laughs> um but they traded him away and then released Fournette today and that's just I mean that team's completely different and what, what do you think about that for like the Vikings you think that was a good trade well, I think it's a great pickup for Minnesota, especially given the fact that for this year, Ngakwe is losing $4 million. Like, they restructured mm -hmm. his deal. He went from $17.7 million to around $13 million, which just goes to show you how much he did not want to be in Jacksonville, Yeah, which is, is a telling sign. But also, it's great for the Vikings because they're signing a guy who's around 25 years old, uh, replacing Everson Griffin, who's now with the Cowboys. Uh, I think that's great for Minnesota, especially given what their MO is right now, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a win entirely for the Vikings, and it is an unfortunate occurrence for the Jaguars. There's really no win there. You just lost a young, talented player on a team that's trying to grow right now. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, the amount of like pure talented players on that roster, like you can't really name many anymore, which is kind of no. sad because they had an extreme amount of talent in the Jaguars, and I was upset that you know. Yannick ended up going to Minnesota since I'm a Packers fan, but it's yeah. all right. It's a good move by them, and I think it'll 
make the NFC North a little bit more competitive. But we can we can jump in to our questions. It's the same as last week. We're asking the team's biggest questions, our kind of biggest thoughts, uh, what we think about them, and what what we're worried about necessarily. But I thought I thought we could start with probably you could argue one of the better divisions in the NFL, the NFC West. Oh yeah, probably I would argue the best division in the NFL. I yeah, I mean I I'm fine with that. I I mean I could see maybe some people arguing a different division being better, but I think the NFC West, like you just said, is probably the best division in the NFL. Both the Wests in the NFL are very good. (laughs) Yeah, phenomenal. And the team I wanted to start with was the Rams. And, you know, they've been up and down. They had that kind of season where a Super Bowl hangover and stuff. But my my question for them, and it's probably the question they got to be asking themselves, is where did all the money go? And the reason they have to be asking themselves that question is the Rams are using more than 40% of their 203 million budget this year on just four players. And if you had to guess what four players they were, Mark, who would you guess? Jared Goff. All right, that's right. Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks. Yes. And... Are they still paying for Todd Gurley? Yes. Oh, wow. You got them all. Wow, I got them all. Look (laughs) at that. Yeah. Is it? It's crazy because two of those guys aren't on the same, aren't on the team anymore. Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley aren't on the team. And then they're using 30 million in dead money on them too. And then Ramsey, they're going to, they're going to have to give him a big contract. Like I I feel like they're planning on it. And it's kind of like this team, you know, made it to the Super Bowl, but now it's like they're using so much money on a roster that's not even complete really it's a bunch of star players and uh, they haven't forget the last time they had a first round pick and when the next time they'll have a first round pick I think the last time might have been when they used it on Jared Goff but I it's just a question like you can't build around four players when two of them aren't even there when you're using that much money so yeah I remember when they first did all the signings the year before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So they signed a bunch of talent onto the team, including like Akib Tlaib, Dominic Asu, other guys along those lines, Brandon Cooks. And I remember thinking at the time just how much money they were spending and thinking this team better win the Super Bowl like right now because if they yeah. don't, it's going, they're going to get hit hard immediately afterwards. And that's what happened. I'm no financial expert, but I think everybody could see that when when Sneed was just reeling and dealing out all these players. Mm-hmm. I would say that it, it's it was inevitable, and here we are. They're, they're going to have a rough year, I think. And my question is, is the collapse here? Because I think that there's still a lot of talent on this team, but it's definitely not the Rams team we saw even two years ago they have to sell out a lot of their players. They're now paying for a lot of guys that are not on the team anymore. This is not a team that's going to win against good, good teams. They're not going to beat good teams. They can bully around some of the weaker teams. They might be able to get a win over the Cardinals, but I would say that this team is on a steep downward slope. And the more you have to throw on the shoulders of Jared Goff, I think is the worst the outcome is going to be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I like Sean McVay a lot. Obviously, every team went on it. My team, the Packers, went on a hiring spring with anyone that knew Sean McVay. But 
I believe in him, but I think he's in a very difficult position with just the, the structure right now and the cap. I mean, there's a good chance it doesn't grow at all and declines over the next couple of years with what we're going through right now in our country and stuff. So it's just going to get more difficult for them. And I, yeah. I don't know. But ne- the next team I have is the Cardinals. And my question is, how will Kingsbury evolve the offense, basically? He ran four-plus receiver sets on 61% of the snaps in the first four-week stretch. And then he ended up declining it throughout uh, week five through 17 to just 22% of their plays. I know he, he wanted to come in and, like, install his own offense, but I think he had to realize eventually that it wasn't going to work in the NFL. It didn't necessarily work as well, and we're expecting some genius coming in. I know we both watched the Big 12, so I don't remember exactly what you were thinking, but it seemed weird when they, they trusted Kingsbury in a way. But they still ran, I believe, 300 – 28 plays with four plus wide receivers and then the next five teams combined still don't match up to that many uh four plus wide receiver sets so my question kind of like ties into like how is he going to run his offense is he still going to be stuck on doing it his way or is he going to evolve and do more of a nfl style offense basically well, I think he he grew smart as you mentioned. I think he kind of got an idea of exactly what it was going to win him games because they did struggle early on, mm-hmm. but then they did find some rhythm as the season went on. Kyler Murray got better as the year went on, but also they got Kenyon Drake and Kenyon Drake that that changes the formula a little bit because that's that's not a bad guy to hand the ball off to. Yeah, and I think that. I, I believe Cliff Kingsbury is a smart guy. I think he understands that you can't do everything the same as you do in college. Mm-hmm. And uh, my question, and this is kind of a funny one, I'll give a, a different proposition after this, but my question is, is Mark dumb to be on a hype train like this? Because this may be the worst team that I am excited about in a long time. This Carolina, oh, So you're, you're really excited about them. I'm excited to watch okay. this Cardinals team. I think that this team is going to be so much fun to watch this year. Uh, you've got some great weapons, including now DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk uh, for passing options, Kenyon Drake, great running back, and Kyler Murray, who is electric as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it right now, if there is anybody in the league that can get to the level that Patrick Mahomes is on, it's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, will he may not be the exact same build as Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, he's a lot smaller, but he is so fast. And the way he throws the ball is very similar to Patrick Mahomes. And granted, that comes from that baseball background where they can just flick the ball and it will travel 50 yards down the field. Kyler Murray could do that just like Patrick Mahomes can. And I think that he might bring it this year. I think he's going to have a fantastic year. The secondary is not bad either. They just signed Buda Baker to a, a very nice deal. Hmm. The, the issue is the defensive line is subpar at best. And the linebacking core is also, I'm skeptical of it. So it may come down to, can that front seven keep the run game from just dominating the Cardinals? Because if it gets to a shootout, I like the Cardinals' bets, uh, or their chances at least, to keep up with any team in the NFL. They're going to be so exciting. Isaiah Simmons is going to be so much fun to watch on the defensive end. Uh, but they're also there's still a lot of concerns with them, which is why I asked the question: Is it dumb of me to be this excited to watch them play? 
I don't know if it's dumb of you. I mean, I think they'll be exciting to watch. I don't know how many games they'll win. I don't know how high I am on the. I haven't looked at like their complete schedule and mm-hmm. stuff, but I think they will be an exciting team. And I think Kyler Murray, he's he throws a beautiful ball. Yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite balls out there. And then also, like he's someone that's quick, but he also like looks quick. There's like certain runners that like sometimes you're like, are they really quick? But you hear they're like super fast and they just don't mm-hmm. look like they're running quick. But like. Some of Kyler Murray's runs, like, are astonishing to me. Like, how quick yeah. he gets out of the pocket and stuff. I mean, it, it gets close to, like, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lamar Jackson's next level. But when Kyler Murray runs, he has that sort of twitch to him. Yeah. That he could just change direction in any moment. And that's something that Lamar Jackson is you know, he, he's ethereal at. <laughs> but Kyler Murray's got it. I, I, I am very pro Kyler Murray this season. All right. That's, that's exciting. We'll, we'll definitely have to see how that turns out. I mean – I like Kyler Murray. Got nothing against him. I hope he does well in the NFL. But the next team I have is the 49ers. And my question is pretty basic. I mean, you could ask this for a lot of teams, but it's kind of like how long is their Super Bowl window? Um, And a lot, you know, we have the Super Bowl hangovers and teams that have been making it to the playoffs. I believe eight teams, from what I looked up uh, in NFL history, came back to the Super Bowl after losing it. Uh, yeah. the year before, and then only three teams have gone to win it. And I think, honestly, you could still argue they're the best team in the NFC, the 49ers. But it's just And a like, lot of those teams, I just like to mention, a lot of those teams were the Patriots, too, mm-hmm. which they just, they just run an entirely different ship from other teams. They, yeah. they, they just have – their hearts are made of steel, and the depression of losing a Super Bowl, <laughs> Bill Belichick can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, I, I just – it's insane to me that they're like, I have a chart up and their Super Bowl window. So there's, there's a piece on the ringer about basically like teams that normally win the Super Bowl are in the top 10 of preseason odds. And the Patriots from 2002 to present year are in the top 10 every single year. So their Super Bowl window is large. And I guess I had, I had a, just a random trivia question for you again, Mark. But there's there's one team from 2000 to present that has never been in the top 10 of preseason odds to win the Super Bowl. There, there's two that's been in it once. And if you're thinking I can give you, I can mark off those two. And that counts this season? Yes, it does. The Lions. You are correct. See, I the Browns are the first team to come into my head, but I bet they were in the top 10 last year. Yes, they were eight. And they then they're also ten in two thousand eight. So they've been really? in it twice. Yes. Hmm. And then the, the Cardinals were one had it done once and the Bills were in the top ten once as well. But interesting. I, I was like, man, I feel bad for Stafford, but we can we can get into that later. But what's your question <laughs> yeah. for the 49ers? Uh, for the 49ers, uh it's a pretty generic one. Can they avoid the hangover? Mm-hmm. Because I remember last year when the Rams lost the Super Bowl. I thought that that was a team so prone, so vulnerable to the Super Bowl hangover, and they they proved to that proved to be right. Uh, this 49ers team slightly different, but still have a lot of the same consequences. It was a great defense, had a lot of talent on it, and now they've lost some of that talent on defense. In particular, DeForest Buckner. I it's off the top of my head, coming to the Colts, a great pickup for us. But that defense is not as 
deep as it was last season. Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's gonna come back and hurt. They're still going to be good on defense, but when they came into the playoffs, they were just wrecking yeah. opposing offensive lines. And uh, that's, I don't know if that's going to be a game-by-game case anymore, which then puts the pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo with the group of receivers that are all right. It's the kind of group that needs a number one guy to be amazing, but mm-hmm. they don't have that right now. And so I have my, I have my doubts that they're going to be – they're not going to be as good as last year. But I have yeah. my doubts that they're going to even win their division this season. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I think they should be good. Obviously, they were a stellar roster last year, and I still have awful memories from the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So, I, I don't – I mean, I feel better about them this year than I feel about the Packers. But – I, I agree with you that the Super Bowl hangover could do things, and I don't. I'm not really sure they improved this offseason yeah, that much. I don't think they. I don't think they got much better. So I mean, there's other teams that got better, but the the 49ers aren't a team that I believe got a ton better. But the mm-hmm. the final team in this division is the Seahawks, and my question for them is: Can the consistency continue? So last year they were ten and two in one possession games and had the sixth best injury luck and the eighth best fumble luck. But the, the thing about the consistency thing is that the Seahawks have never won fewer than nine games with Wilson as their starter, basically. So, obviously, I, I think they've improved a lot this year. And it's just a question of can they keep up this high clip of them winning? And I know we seem like we both agree that they're playing in the hardest division in football right now. So it's, it's going to be difficult for them. And I'm just – I'm excited about them. They're another team I'm excited to watch. But I'm not sure they can keep on doing this for as long as they want. I agree with you. I don't know if I agree on the aspect of they've gotten a lot better as a roster. Mm-hmm. But last season, their roster was pretty shoddy. And they had a lot of close games that they won. And that falls a lot on the obvious answer, Russell Wilson. And – for me, almost the entire season, I was Russell Wilson for MVP. That was that was the train I was on. Uh, he 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 puttered out a little bit, but I still thought that Russell Wilson carried this team last season. They had some good luck as well with some of those stats you gave out. But my question is, Wilson can't do it again, can he? I don't think that. I don't think it's going to be as lucky for the Seahawks this season mm-hmm. as you mentioned. I, things are going to go wrong. And I don't know if there's enough of a roster here to supply Wilson with the ability to win a lot of these close games. I think this year, those fumbles are going to bounce the wrong way. Sometimes that that offensive line hasn't gotten much better. And so how long can Russell Wilson continue to run from this endless pressure he's, he's facing and how long can he make use of this receiving core, which has gotten better this, this past season, BK Metcalf being a great addition, but I don't know. I, I, I worry that, there's going to be a brick wall somewhere for the Seahawks because they're just trying to ride on Russell Wilson. And I think at some point they're going to hit that brick wall and it's not going to be good. Honestly, I love Russell Wilson, but I could see a future of him like Aaron Rodgers, where it's a question of how did you waste his time? He's a great quarterback, but you only come away with one Super Bowl. hopefully more for Russell, but honestly, who knows? But we can move on to the NFC South. I have the Carolina Panthers up first. 
And my question is like, basically, are they like for sure on Teddy Bridgewater? Because, you know, they signed him to a three-year, $60 million contract. And that, that seems pretty like sure to me. Not like completely sure. It's not an expensive QB contract by any means, but it's not a cheap one. And it's three years, so they're, they're planning, I assume, planning on keeping him for, for a good bit. But the, the team, honestly, that roster is not very good. So I'm just no. kind of confused why they made this mute, they made this move and stuff. And I know Matt Rule's hoping he's doing well with Joe Brady and stuff, but I, I'm not a believer and it just seems like a weird position to put them in. And could they end up with that opportunity where Teddy Bridgewater ends up like possibly winning too many games where they don't get a chance at like <laughs> Lawrence or something? Like I would take Trevor Lawrence, but then they signed Teddy Bridgewater. So I've just been confused since that move. Yeah, see, my thought on the matter is this, is that the Panthers are trying to be – they're trying to be pragmatic about how this team is going to come back to relevancy. I kind of look at Teddy Bridgewater as sort of a several-year stopgap between quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's really weird for an NFL team to take such a patient approach, but I think that's what they're going with, especially with the signing of Matt Rule, who has shown – that he can revive programs. Now, the difference between reviving a college program and reviving an NFL one is different. I honestly think that a college one's harder. But but regardless, they're still different beasts, though. And it's going to take a while. This is They they, they just spent an entire draft where they drafted only defensive players. Mm -hmm. I think that they're they're in for the long haul right now. I think they're accepting the fact that they're not going to be good this year, probably won't be good next year, and then the year after that, hopefully, then they start picking up some steam. And if Teddy Bridgewater at, the, at that point in time has proven that he's a guy that can win games, win big games more like, then you keep on with him. But if not, then you can find another answer. Maybe you've been developing another answer during this time. Uh, my question is, uh, where is it? Here we are. Uh, what does Matt Roll make of the defense? Because it is in shambles of what it used to be, especially mm-hmm. with the loss of Luke Keekley over the offseason. But like I mentioned earlier, they drafted only defensive players. So we're going to see a lot of new faces out there. And Matt Rule has been very good at developing defenses. So I'm just kind of curious to see how that side looks. Christian McCaffrey is going to have another monster year, especially with Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback. And they're not going to win a lot of games. So you got to kind of look for the silver lining about what is there to watch, what is there to be excited about with the Panthers. And for me, it's just to see some of the development kind of like the Jaguars, except a little more positively because I don't have faith yeah. in the Jaguars actually growing and being good. Yeah, at least there's some, you know, I guess more higher proof that the Panthers have a chance of being good. And then Rule is at least we know in college is a good coach. So we maybe he'll be able to translate. I know sometimes that's difficult to translate college coaches to NFL coaches. But one question, do you think that, like it was worth taking one more flyer on Cam Newton one more year, or do you think it was the right decision to move on? I don't know. I think that it, I guess that's kind of a Matt rule discretion because Cam Newton did have injury problems throughout these past few years. Did you want to deal with that? Or would you rather just have a steady guy like Bridgewater in there? Or you know what you're going to get out of him. You're not going to get someone who's amazing, but at least you can get consistency on a team that has changed drastically recently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess 
Cam Newton is wherever Cam Newton goes, you want to win games with Cam Newton. That's yep. kind of how I feel. He's the kind of guy who wants to play in competitive games, wants to play tough, wants to put it all out there. And not saying Teddy Bridgewater is not like that. I just think Teddy Bridgewater is just more of a safe player that, although he's not going to make the fantastic plays, he's also not going to make the kind of mistakes Cam Newton makes. I, I completely agree. So the Falcons, and they're a team that had a pretty good hangover from the Super Bowl. And to me, is does last year's finish to the season matter? They started one and says one and seven, finished six and two, and they won their last four games. And it seemed like there's stories coming out that the locker room was rallying around Dan Quinn and stuff. But it's like, does does that ending matter? I mean, there's a lot of people high on the Falcons this year. I've seen a lot of people high that their offense can bounce back. I know Matt Ryan. I believe compared to one of the older rosters, you think it's one of the most talented rosters he's been on. I mean, they signed Todd Gurley, but it's like, does there does that momentum carry over? Actually, is is my question. And do we expect to bounce back here? Well, I think one of the big things with the Falcons last year was that, especially early on, they got hit by a lot of injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But my question is, how much impact does a healthy year have? Because even with that, they had a lot of talent last year and they fell flat out of the gate to start mm-hmm. like on their face splat into the mud they looked awful a completely uninspiring but they did turn it around can they carry that momentum into this season it's a good question especially given the fact that this offseason has been such a momentum killer of an offseason yeah. so i worry that this falcons team is going to be what they continue to be year after year outside of that super bowl that they're just wasted potential. And it's always been confounding to me that they don't win more games than they do, except for that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know how much of that falls on Dan Quinn or on his coaching staff. They've been kind of, they've been kind of a confusing team to say the least, but last year, at least you could kind of draw the line between injuries and a little bit more health and just being able to pick up momentum after getting some wins. Uh, I'll be curious to see because I feel like every year with the Falcons is sort of a flip of a coin about yeah. what you're going to get. And I mean, I think they're due for a heads and have a good mm-hmm. season, but you never know. It could be another tails year. Yeah. I, I'm pro on them this year. It does seem like they flip and flop like you're saying. And I hope they ended up, you know, spinning a tails this year for us. I, I picked Matt Ryan in uh fantasy. So I'm, I'm cheering for him. That's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. So even if they're bad. Yeah. But the next team up is the Saints. And I feel like this has been talking about safe bets. It's been a safe bet over the past couple of years of them expecting them to be good. But my question is, how does the Breeze Peyton legacy end? Because I'm assuming it's it's pretty close to done. Could be done this year, to be honest with you. I think Breeze is coming towards his end of his career. And you know, they've they've got one Super Bowl. They have they have plenty of records together. They gained the most yards since 2006 together in the NFL. And the NFL converted the highest percentage of thirds down since they've been together. There's more stats, plenty of stats to prove how great they are together. But it's like, can they win it all? They've been trying to win it all, feels like, for the past three years. And they've just ended up having some bad luck, some bad luck in the postseason. And it's a question to me. It's just how is this going to end? How is their legacy going to end together? Yeah, I know. You know, it's so weird to me because when I look at the Saints roster, they look just as dominant, just as good, just as talented as ever. And yet I just, 
I can't put, I can't hedge my bets on them anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I said Saints to the Super Bowl the past three years, and yeah. each year it gets more and more disappointing because you have the Minneapolis miracle, which okay, I, I I was okay with that. That was fantastic. Then you had the Rams game, which you know I was left bitter because I thought they should have won, but they could have won even even with that pass interference call not being made. And then last season was just kind of it was a dud for me watching the entire game. I thought the Vikings are just better. They are playing better. They are a better team right now. And they rightfully won the game. I just don't know how much I can bet on them. My question kind of along those lines is TikTok. When does time catch up to Drew Brees? Because mm-hmm. I think it's coming up. Like you said, the era is the Peyton Brees era is coming to an end. Is it going to be ugly? Because although Peyton Manning ended up, on the top when he retired we all know it wasn't a pretty glorious ride yeah. and I don't know if Breeze could pull off what Manning did because Breeze doesn't have a legendary Broncos defense at his disposal the Sam's sorry the Saints defense is good but there are, there are no Broncos no fly zone and, and I don't know I I just worry this is the year that it falls apart for Drew Breeze which is a shame given how good this team is but Maybe the year I finally decide to not pick them as my Super Bowl team, they'll go and get it. Like They have the talent. They have everything they need. They just have to go and do it. Yeah, I, I mean, they've been high every year, and they, they improved a little bit this offseason, but not a ton. And it seems like they keep on adding like good veteran players every year, but they're, not, they're just not being able to find the luck in the postseason, to be honest with you. And yeah. we have that final team in the NFC South as the Buccaneers. And questions just does Tom Brady still have it? Is it's a pretty simple question. It's on him this year. I know Bruce Arians hopefully coaches them well, and you know the defense needs to play well again, like they did last year. But to me, everyone the spotlight's on Tom Brady this year, oh, yeah. and it's, oh, yeah. everyone's going to be looking at him, expect seeing what he's going to do. And I think it'll be interesting. He's got good weapons, but does it matter? I don't know because I don't believe he can throw the deep ball very well anymore so I mean I think his years are pretty much over and will Arians be able to scheme a good offense for him we'll we'll have to find out basically you know I will I'll make your I'll take your question and make it a little more specific for my question because I mean it would be remiss of me to not acknowledge Tom Brady in the question for the Buccaneers but Mm -hmm. my question is can Brady handle shootouts because I think Tom Brady can play play Tom Brady's game yeah just fine still especially with Chris Godwin. See, uh, Mike Evans is great, but Chris Godwin is going to eat it this season with Tom Brady at the helm. I, I, Chris Godwin is, at this point in his career, better than Julian Edelman is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have to compare and contrast as far as if you want to compare primes. But Chris Godwin is a fantastic receiver that Tom Brady is going to love having. But the problem is, is that the Buccaneers' front seven is good, but that secondary is is incredibly suspect and they're going to be allowing a lot of points you watch the Buccaneers last season Jameis Winston went off like he did in chaotic fashion mm-hmm. because he always had to score points they always needed to score and can Brady do that can Brady continue to air the ball out can he throw for 350 yards can he can he score on three straight drives? I have my doubts. But 
maybe he proves wrong. Maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe the lack of talent in New England at the receiver position for the past few years has really just done him an injustice. But that's the question, I think, is can Brady handle the shootout games? Because I think he still can play as sort of his super manager as he does. Like, I don't want to call him a game manager because he's better than a game manager, mm-hmm. but he always has control over the game. But when the game is just spiraling in every direction and points are going on the board all the time, can he come out on top? I, I think that's a great question because, I mean, the games, I feel like, leaning towards the offense. So there's going to be more shootouts every year. It seems like there's more shootouts and can Brady still hang in with that type of game. But we, we have two divisions down. We've got two divisions left. The NFC North and NFC East are left. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Have you ever wondered why everyone and their mother seems like they have a podcast today? Well, it's probably because there's over a million podcasts a day alone, and it continues to grow every single day. And you've probably wondered, how do I start a podcast? And you've probably thought, it's too expensive, I don't have the equipment, it'll be too difficult, I just can't do it. Well, let me tell you, you're wrong. There's a platform called Anchor, and it's the simplest way to make a podcast, and I did some light background research for you. First off, it's free. There's creations tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Dot .fm to get started. All right, we are back on episode 2 of First and Moose. I'm Connor Taylor. Alongside me is Mark Schoenster and we're just going to get back to diving back into the divisions and I have the NFC North up and I thought I would want to start with the Lions. And my question for them is basically what is Patricia good for? And we're on the same page here. Wow. Look, look at us. And I mean, basically when he gets hired, you're expecting him to improve the defense. Yeah. <laughs> they finished 27th in defensive efficiency in 2018 and then 28th last year. So it's kind of like, what's going on, man? Like this is what you're supposed to be doing for us. And nothing's, nothing's happening. So, I mean, what, what is he good for is my question. And will Stafford ever get help? Yeah, my question is, and I quote, can Patricia, can Patricia do what he was hired to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, because that's the big question here. Because this Lions offense has got a lot of talent on it. Mm-hmm. You've got Kenny Galladay. You've got Marvin Jones. You've got Danny Amendola. Great wide receiving trio. You've got Carryon Johnson. Now you've got DeAndre Swift as well. And you've got uh, TJ Hockenberg, who had a great first game and then kind of went quiet for the rest of the season. My thought is just that they're going to have success on offense. They just need the defense to do their half of the bargain, which you would think would be the obvious half because Patricia has been the coach here, but that hasn't been the case. They got some talent on defense. They got Jeff Okuda as the third overall pick in the draft. And I imagine he'll do well for himself, but they, they got to do their part. Because I'm going to say this now because this is the first team we're talking about in the NFC North. 
Uh, they were the last team I looked up, though, and like did, did a little uh, reading about. The NSC North this season is not that impressive. I'm not that impressed with the NFC North as a whole. So if the Lions were going to try to make a push to the playoffs this season, this is the year. Because in most years, the Vikings or the Packers and the Bears had that one year, this two years ago, that they've all been very good. And the Lions really didn't stand a chance because they were okay at best. But the Lions going into last year were great. Matt Stafford went down and then they were poo-poo for the rest of the season. They could not get it together. And uh, I mean, I remember watching them play the Chiefs early in the season, and it was an absolute duel. Like they were, they were going neck to neck. They were, they were neck and neck with the Chiefs. So the question is, can Patricia make it work this season? He is on a hot seat, and yeah, I think that at this point in time, they have, they better be at the very least close to getting into the playoffs this season if he wants to keep his job. I almost would venture as far as to say that they need to make the playoffs this year in order for Patricia to keep his job. And honestly, there's been some hype pieces out there that I've seen about this is the, the Lions' chance. Like, the NFC North isn't as strong as it normally is, and they looked good with Stafford last year, so we should expect them to make leaps and stuff. So it was, it, it was interesting to see that many hype pieces. But I think it's a lot on Stafford, and, you know, they hired Patricia, like you said, to do things, and he hasn't done those things. Yeah. But another team – and then FC North is the Vikings. Yeah, and they are a team. They are, they are a team. And the, the question I have for them is, does a new-looking defense matter when Zimmer is leading? So, basically, they lost, I believe, four starters from their defensive unit last year, which it was uh, – they were second in NFL points per – allowed per game. And – it's going to look a little bit different. They had getaway Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes. I think he, Xavier Rhodes didn't look great last year to me. I think it was awful. But yeah, it it look, it's a different-looking team, and, you know, they drafted a lot of players on the defensive side of the ball and the, their draft this year. And But does that matter? I mean, Zimmer, to me, is a, a great coach. I think he's a great defensive coach. So there's a lot of questions around their defense, but I'm not sure – if those questions need to be had when you have Zimmer and I, you know, they just made that recent move yesterday as this recording with Yannick and stuff. And I, I think they'll look good on defense, but I mean, it, it is a different looking defense for the first time in a while when they had steady pieces for four years. Yeah. My, my question is how do all the new guys look? Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of new pieces and I think that the Vikings are going to miss Stefan Diggs because I think that affects Adam Thielen a lot. But maybe Justin Jefferson comes in and is able to make it so Thielen can still do some work and not always be double covered. I think that this is going to be the biggest challenge that Zimmer's had mm-hmm. as head coach of the Vikings. I think that they're going to be an exciting team to watch this year. I worry that they're not quite the team that they were just this past season and the year before they suffered a lot of cap issues had to get rid of their top three cornerbacks this off season, which is huge. Cause now you're looking at Mike Hughes to step up. You're looking at Jeff Gladney, a rookie to step up. And uh, there's a lot of pieces there that, although you've got the, you've got a great pair of safeties in Harris and Harrison Smith in the mm. backfield. But outside of that, and then at your two edges, uh, there's a lot of question marks on defense now. But you are right. Mike Zimmer, 
been quite a wizard per se when it comes to teaching new players, especially secondary, to to play good football. And I just worry that they're not going to have enough pieces this year to make it work. But if Dalvin Cook stays healthy all season, I could be eating my words because Dalvin Cook is that good and he could Mm -hmm. end up being a MVP candidate this season if he could stay healthy and continue to do what he, he does when he is healthy. Yeah, I know. And honestly, if the defense turns out to be, you know, as good as it has been in the past or, I mean, better, I doubt it'll be better than it has been in the past. Yeah. But I mean, that would be great on Zimmer's side. And I, I think he's a great defensive coach, but I think he's got a lot of work this year. Yeah. That's so some concerning holes. Mm-hmm. But another team that's looked great on defense for a little bit and then last year turned around and struggled was the Chicago Bears. And my question, though, is on the offensive side. And yeah. is will they finally ditch Mitch is my question. It's pretty – Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty simple. They, they should have done it a long time ago. Should, I mean, obviously we all know they drafted him, traded up for him, drafted over to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes. We all know the story. It looks awful. It's a joke, yes. <laughs> it's a joke. And, you know, my uh, – do you know about his uh, passing to the left side of the field, Mark, and the, those uh, – memes and stuff i've heard i haven't seen the memes but i do know that he is wildly inefficient <laughs> yeah it's i i have 2017 down which i know that's a little bit far back but he was 37 percent completion percentage to the left and the right and middle was 62 percent which is just insane that that's, that's that crazy. much different but that that's like one of my favorite mitchell trubisky uh, stats and I and I hope they I hope they keep them for as long as possible. I don't I don't like the Bears, but I mean it's are they finally going to do? It? Are they finally realizing that hey this isn't the dude we we have we had a great roster and, and he's held us back. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. Entirely unbiased Packers fan says the Bears <laughs> should keep Mitchell Trubisky. No, my question kind of along those lines is this: Foles or Trubisky? Does it matter? I don't think the Bears are going to win this season with either quarterback. Their offense isn't talented enough. Allen Robinson is good, but Allen Robinson is not good enough for, to, to carry an entire offense. Uh, the defense is going to be fine. They struggled last year, but they also struggled with some injuries. They are missing Akeem Hicks, and he's a big piece of that defense. I think that defensively they'll pull their weight even more so than pulling their weight, but I think that offense is going to be so stagnant. Mitchell Trubisky can't get it done. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. And Nick Foles, I don't think, can get it done with this offense. He's only proven to be fantastic at very specific times, and I don't think this Bears team is going to give him that opportunity. Yeah, I, and I, I like Matt Nagy a lot. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good coach overall and a good offensive mind. Uh, the, the weirdest thing, though, to me is I'm no – schematic genius by anything but they seem like they run a lot of like horizontal plays honestly mm-hmm. which is i don't know you seem like you would want to go up and down the field but maybe that's trubisky's fault maybe when they get nick Foles, they'll be willing to pass it farther down the field but i mean i think Foles yeah. has got to win the job if if they plan on doing better i know you don't I mean, see a yeah. huge <laughs> difference but i think i think there's a difference I mean, it's it's not too hard. Okay, uh, I'll clarify. It's not too hard for an NFL quarterback to be better than Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna go out and say I could be better than Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. but it's not hard for an NFL quarterback to to dethrone him. I think. 
I, I agree with that. And then the last team is the Green Bay Packers. And I was thinking of questions, you know, trying to stay away from the, since I'm a Packers fan, don't want to go with a generic question. And obviously there's always those like, which second year or third year player will make the leap to, to help the team win and stuff like that. And I, and I thought of a couple of those players. Do you mind if I give my very generic question first? Sure. I'm going to give it because I think it will leeway into what you're going to ask. And also because I think you, you, should, you should take charge on this one, being the local Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, I, I, my question is just where is there going to be improvement? Because I struggle to see where this Packers team has gotten better this offseason. Mm-hmm. But you may give me some people to start looking out for this offseason, or this offseason, this regular season, because I thought the Packers overperformed last year. And I worry that there's going to be a significant drop with them this year because I don't think they're going to see the kind of success they had last year again. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, there's there's been tons of obviously I read a lot of Packer stuff and there's been tons of pieces written about how they overperformed last year and you shouldn't expect it yeah, this year. Yeah. If we're looking it for regression, the the Packers are the the team to pick on the regression mm-hmm. side. And there there are players that I believe can make the leap that would help them do as well as last year but that's that's like the Packers fan and me speaking yeah it's tough so my my question was kind of like not the right kind of love which is, (laughs) is basically like they went out and drafted you know Jordan Love we all we all know the story and and then the second round, they they got a AJ Dillian, which I'm excited about. I mean, we look like we're going to run the ball more, but it's like we had Aaron Jones, so it's like why, like, like you're saying, like, were there any improvements? And it's like the our first two picks, we picked positions that I feel like most of the world felt comfortable with on the Packers side, and <laughs> and I understand that a wide receiver, a a rookie wide receiver, wasn't gonna wasn't gonna fix all the Packers issues. It wasn't gonna make us win a Super Bowl by any means. And the one wide receiver we signed, Devin Funch, has opted out of the year. So yeah. it's just kind of like not the right kind of love is my question because I don't think we, we made many improvements. And I think we'll probably sadly have to see it this year, unless I'm proven wrong, unless Matt LaFleur yeah. is a great coach, which I hope. Aaron, yeah. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers can always go out and win a bunch of games that a team shouldn't be winning. Uh, on top of that, I gotta, I gotta do this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's such a wide receiver deep draft. How do you not grab one? Even if it's in like the fifth round, like you could have gotten Devin Duvernay in the third round or the fourth round. And that would have been a great acquisition That just, that's the thing that, that that's why my question was, where's there going to be improvement? Because throughout the off season, I didn't see too much of it. I, I this looks like a very similar Packers team to last year. Maybe they will be a little better because it's year two in Matt LaFleur's mm-hmm. uh, system, but I don't know. I, I know it's the the pundit topic for the Packers, which is that they're going to regress. But in this case, I think there's a bit of truth to the worry that they're going to take a step back this year. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I read pretty much any Packers thing that comes out, and I see regression mm-hmm. in the future. Unless then there are some of those pieces that come out that are like year two. I mean, when you looked at Matt Ryan in his year two, he flourished. So that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a fun stat, though. The, All right. the, the Packers, it's against the Lions. I meant to throw it in the Lions, but since we're moving on <laughs> to a new division, I just want to throw it in there. Uh, the Packers led zero seconds against the Lions this year, last season. Yeah, I remember that. Games. <laughs> so, I just thought so we would throw that out me. there for fun again. 
the sure. the lions are masters of heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, that's that's proof right there. But we can we can move on to our final division in the NFC East and the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we hear a lot of Dallas Cowboys stuff with Jacob Janowski. Oh yes, this is our, the year. I mean, this this is the year. So what was your question, Mark, for the Dallas Cowboys this year? My question for the Cowboys this year is, is it all going to work on defense? Because I don't think this is the team that the Cowboys were in the past on defense, especially given the fact that I think they benefited from just how well the Ezekiel Elliott project was coming along. I worry that uh, they did sign a new defensive coordinator in Mike Nolan, but Last year, they were not as good as a lot of the talent on their on their defensive roster mm-hmm. would would lead you to believe. And I don't know if the hiring of Mike McCarthy or the hiring of Mike Nolan and and changing up the defense a little bit is going to make enough of a difference. The offense is going to be fine. Zeke is good. You got another great wide receiver, I believe, and Ceedee Lamb. And Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I am a fan of Dak Prescott. I think he could do a lot of things that good quarterbacks can do. Albeit, I don't think he is a great quarterback, though. And I don't, I don't think he has certain traits that are going to make it so he can just win any game at any given time. So my question is, can the defense do their end of the bargain? Which is something I've been saying a lot today. I, I, don't, I didn't even realize that until now. But I'm concerned that they're not going to see the improvement that they want to see on defense with the new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And my, my question's more offensive side it, and it's more about Mike McCarthy and asking, is he still over? Is he finally over the last relationship struggles? Also, obviously I watched that happen and unfold and it was, it was sad because I loved Mike and Aaron overall and stuff. And I mean, they're still in contract negotiations with Dak Prescott. And it seems like it's already getting off to a weird start. And is he going to be able to make the offense as good as it should be? Because I think pretty much everyone agrees that the Dallas Cowboys offense has the talent to be a great offense. And is, is Mike McCarthy the right guard, right guy to do that? And I think that starts with having a great relationship with Dak Prescott. And it doesn't seem like they're able to come together at the moment right now. They both want different amounts of money. So, Yeah. Well, I imagine you still have a little bitter taste in your mouth of Mike, Mike McCarthy, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like the guy overall. He did well, but I think it was, it was time to move on. That happens. I mean, it's hard to be great in the same Got a little place. old. Yeah. I mean, people in the locker room sometimes get tired of your voice. That's, that's okay. Got to move on in life. But, but the Giants. Okay. And my, my question is just one word, and it's kind of like a – it's like a what? Like, a, I don't know how you want to say what. There's a lot of different ways you could say what. It could be an extended what. But that's all I've been reading this year is weird things coming out of Judge and his coaching things and not putting uh, jersey names uh, during, on their practice uniforms. And, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, last year the Chiefs at 49ers, but, you know – names on their practice uniforms they made the super bowl i don't think that matters why would you do that he <laughs> makes he makes the coaches run laps when they screw up too not just the players like that's weird i mean you have jason garrett he was a head coach freddie kitchens head coach brett bellini was a head coach at wisconsin and arkansas so like it's like 
why are you making coaches do that? And then he's, he's taping tennis balls to yeah. the hands of defensive <laughs> so they don't hold. And it's just like, you just seem like you're like a high school coach, man. Like what's, what's happening here? And it's just the amount of stories that come out. I just get confused every single time. Yeah, you see, my question is also Joe Judge related. And I'm going to say it, though. I like it. I like Joe Judge <laughs> being weird because if we're going to be honest, Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer were two of the most bleh head coaches. Like, they just, there was nothing to them. And I just, it reeked when you watched the Giants play. Because the Giants were not just bad these past few seasons. They were entirely uninspired. They looked like watching them play looked like they weren't going anywhere. There, there wasn't any sign of, oh, they screwed this up a lot, but they'll get better at it. They, mm-hmm. Or, oh, they were really close to getting the hang of this, but it kept slipping through their hands and it punished them badly. I just didn't see that with them. I, I, it just looked like the team never bought into what the coach was selling them. So my question is, Will Joe Judge win this team over? And I don't know. Maybe it takes some unorthodox ways to get it done. But I remember when they first hired Joe Judge being kind of confused, thinking, well, that's kind of a random person to hire. I remember then watching what he said in his, his press conference and thinking, I like this guy. I like what he's saying. I think he's got a head on his shoulders. And now he's done some pretty unorthodox stuff. But, you know, if it works, it works. I mean, don't knock it till you try it. I think the the correlation of no names on on players and all that fun stuff is a little strange, as well as the the tennis balls. But if it works, it works. And I don't know. I'll be excited to see if this Giants team looks more inspired. They're not going to be good. There's too many holes on this team. But I just want to see, is there a promise on this team? Whereas these past few years, they've looked bad and they've they've looked entirely discouraged in the process. Yeah, I agree. And I, yeah, it's just going to be an interesting ride to see what he does there. And I mean, if it works, he'll be, he'll be one of the weirder coaches, but it works. And then if he, if it doesn't work, I mean, he'll be laughable, but I mean, what's the difference in they have in the past couple of years. So might as well try something new, but the, another team is the Washington football team we have. And, you know, we've, we, we haven't had great stories come out about them this entire year. Oh my god. And mine's mine's not even like a football related question. It's more of just is Dan Snyder the worst owner in sports right now? Um I mean, I mean he's always been when you ask me about the worst ownership in in NFL at least, I can't speak too much about other leagues, mm-hmm. but his name comes up and Dean Spanos his name comes up. And at least Dean Spanos could just be called a sellout. <laughs> you could just call him not caring about the fans. You could say all those things. But at least at least up to our knowledge, Dean Spanos hasn't harbored an absolutely terrible, toxic work environment yeah. that has resulted in countless – I mean, we could go on forever about mm-hmm. how awful the Washington football team's organization is. And, I mean, I'd say probably yes. I would say Dan Snyder is the worst owner, at least in the NFL. I, I don't know about other leagues enough to say that. As much as I dislike Robert Kraft, I can't say that he's worse than Dan Snyder. Yeah, but it's that's just my question for them. And hopefully, I mean, obviously people always want him to sell a team. So we'll, we'll see if that ever happens. 
but yeah uh my question <laughs> before we move on <laughs> is a football related one just so then the washington football team fans can have a little something <laughs> to think about uh my question is can the defense do all the heavy work because this defense has got a lot of talent especially on that front seven chase young ryan kerrigan among others that is uh, gerald mccoy like you've got montez sweat like you've got a lot of guys a lot of young guys talented guys who are ready to wreck offensive lines and i think they're they're equipped to slug out games the offense on the other hand is not the offense is not ready to go they're they're a gaping hole at running back their wide receiving core is not good outside of terry mclaurin dwayne haskins still needs time to grow so can the defense do all the heavy work they're going to be good on defense i think but just how good can they be and how much can they win games for washington yeah, I think that'll be interesting. And obviously, that's why we had Ron Rivera come in there to hopefully make the defense better. But our, our last team is the Eagles. And basically, my question is for them is, can they stay healthy? I mean, Wentz became mm-hmm. the first player to throw for 4,000 yards without a 500-yard receiver last year. So, you know, they struggled a lot. A lot, a lot of people last year picked them to, to make the Super Bowl and stuff and they were talented yeah so it's can they stay on the field can they you know hopefully do better than they did last year because that's not the Eagles team that I believe they can be yeah I mean the question I have is along the same lines can they handle injuries this season because injuries happen they've already lost one of their starting offensive linemen for the year but there's just a lack of depth at offensive line at linebacker at corner wide receiver is still not very deep I I just don't think they're ready for in certain positions again it's going to happen. They're the Eagles, but every team faces injuries. Yeah. You, you don't get that lucky every year. Um, but can we just talk for a moment about how phenomenal Carson Wentz is? Mm-hmm. I think people are overlooking just how unreal of a season he had last year, given what he had at his disposal. I thought that was incredible. And I think that just having Alshon Jeffrey back and maybe Jalen Rager will be great. Uh, did get hurt though. So we'll see if he actually stays healthy, which, Already their luck coming back. I just don't know. I don't know if they can handle injuries again. I think that they, they lack depth, and it, it might be the same story again because I don't think they've gotten much better in that regard. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Mark, and I, I hope they can stay healthy because I think they're, they, have a great, they have a great roster, to be honest with you, a pretty good roster. And, you know, Doug Pearson seems like a great coach, and I think Carson Wentz can be one of the best – quarterbacks in the league I think he is it's just can will there be pieces around him to be able to do it yeah so that's going to wrap it up though for episode two of first and moose I'm Connor Taylor he's Mark Schoenster whether you're listening live at 10 a.m to 11 on Tuesdays on u92themoose.com or over the airwaves at 91.7 FM or on whatever listening platform you choose. Uh, Thank you for listening and you can catch us every week.